now all right let's just let's just start talking because i had to write down like a ton of notes for this thing um there were things i was researching things that were just this episode was an amalgamation of things uh but anyways this is unanimous indecision i'm joshua troop ian Rismondo's with me hey and he's telling me some blasphemous things but <laughs> the season two episode three comes out it's called the heiress mm. uh which i didn't even make the direct connection although after everything i read and what the episode was in the episode i was like i was an idiot for not making the connection having watched everything so i made i didn't make so watching the title there the chapter I don't know, come up. Oh, I didn't make the connection. And then, <laughs> oh, you gotta be like, oh, come on. No, now it's good. Okay. Well, just don't talk so fast. Don't, watching don't, the chapter don't title. Talk so intelligent. The, the I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it can smell fear. Yeah. Uh, watching the chapter title, the heiress. I didn't immediately make the connection. However, part of the episode, and I don't remember exactly where I was like. You know what? This makes sense. I right. I know who the earth is. I get it. Uh, at first, I was like, "Soka, are we like? <laughs> is she like the heiress of the Jedi? Like, yeah, because because like... I know she's I I knew she was coming up. I didn't know if she was going to be in this episode, the next, or whenever. But I knew she was still coming up. So yeah. I was like, maybe it's her. Um, and I'm glad to say, I'm glad I I'm glad I was wrong. Um, because you know, this this was a. Uh, it's a nice change of pace. Uh, yeah, and and I think it made more sense where that episode yeah. actually went. But uh, yeah. Uh, so the heiress introduces introduces uh reintroduces us to the live action uh Bo Katan Kreez, uh really cool character. Now correct me if I'm wrong, because every once in a while you update me. But where are you at in your watch, your first watch of the Clone Wars? So, you know how like you always say like you may have seen episodes as a kid, but like this is when you're really like going through it. Yeah. So I've, I I'm at like season three, like episode four or something. However, I have seen these episodes before. Like uh, I remember seeing. Yeah. Them. So and I don't remember where I stopped seeing them, but on my first like actual watch through, I'm just barely past like um, the Mandalorian arc. Okay, yeah, the so, first, the first so the first Mandalorian arc, which I don't think, if it introduces Bo-Katan, she doesn't say anything. She may physically be there, uh, but it doesn't introduce us to her. Yeah, uh, but I think she's in the next arc, and so that'd be really cool. Sweet. Um, although, I think it's, I'm pretty it's sure it'll be interesting. Arc, like they do some terrible things, but that's okay. I, I'm <laughs> I'm excited for the, my first introduction to Bo-Katan is live action, so now I can see like where she came from. Yeah, I'm really curious origins. what you what you think about it. Uh, right seeing it kind of backwards but probably the way most people will see it um probably yeah uh really cool episode um but backtracking a little bit uh even the non bo-katan stuff like at the very beginning of the episode with the two i, I don't want to call them frog people i need a species name you know, they're called I, frog people in the i don't call bosk a lizard man i call him a trandoshan come on I call him a lizard man. No. <laughs> um, I mean, even the subtitles, like within the show that, that Disney has created, are giving us frog people. Right. Which, I mean, IMDb says frog man, frog lady. Like, they clearly 
didn't name them or is this a species that already exists so so this is the first time we've seen this species okay it's new um okay and apparently i guess they're the last of their kind more or less um i mean i feel like in a big galaxy you could think you're the last of your kind very easily right Um, if if you don't have the the means of uh, easy space travel (laughs) you could very well think you're last of your kind but there's a couple of planets that are uh available to you it's like talking about like how many Jedi are alive. I feel like every Jedi thinks they're the last one alive, right? Because like none of them interact with each other. <laughs> but there's not a lot of them. Um, no, there's definitely not. Uh, but watching the two of them reunite, the two frog people, and, and like what it means for them, how they're able to like now have a family, and um, that whole thing, like it was very like rom com esque, but at the same time. I don't know. I was moved. <laughs> so I have a question from my biological standpoint. Yeah. Uh, we were told that those <laughs> eggs hadn't been fertilized. Uh, right. But as she gets off the as she gets off the ship on the planet, which I cannot remember the name of, those eggs are clearly fertilized. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think they just really wanted to show them hatch. I think there's sure. a little bit of hand wavy. That, like, the moment she got back, he got busy. Well, and... no, because yeah, she's all, they... like, as she gets off the ship, they're, like, we, we get a, a quick, like, glimpse yeah, at the eggs. And... Exactly. I mean, they, they also, even even if they didn't show that, they definitely hatch pretty quickly. <laughs> they do hatch pretty quickly. Um, Although, maybe that's their species. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe it's that's a, a quick one day, gestation, whatever. One day cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as we as we just I mean, said, may, we know nothing the, about the species. Maybe now. the beginning thing is also their species. Maybe it somehow starts forming a body even without the other half. The other half I completes guess. it, though. I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it just gives alien. half the body like split down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Get the left side. Yeah, it's not a logical half. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah, but I don't know. I was I was moved by the quote unquote acting. But uh, the portrayal of these frog people, like, I, I watched the episode twice, and both times I was like, man, I just want to cry for them. Like, it means so much. That's a good conclusion. <laughs> Un- until, like, we saw, the, like, the husband, I was still in the back of my mind, like, mm, he's, he's not, not there. there. Like, so, oh. like this, whole, this whole time, the whole journey was leading me to think, like, something's gonna go wrong oh, either the eggs make it and she doesn't and so he, mando has to hand off the eggs oh, to the husband that'd be or, or 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 something but I, or like she gets it all the way there and then the husband's not there or something uh and so I, I was really happy that this was a happy ending yeah maybe the only happy ending in star wars <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah was very cool and then uh now this is something that i think is kind of interesting the uh direct not direction the um i don't know what the word is but the character interact interactions of it all okay so dr man going back to tatooine episode one well actually it's episode two the beginning of episode two dr mandible which i guess is what we're calling him even though i think it's an insult (laughs) (laughs) uh dr mandible uh tells um What's her name? Melly Poto or something? Um, he says that he knows someone who knows Mandalorians. 
and so he says that he's gonna send the person to the to the razor crest uh so that he could uh dinjarin can talk to him okay mm-hmm. uh, frog lady shows up melipoto says oh yeah she totally knows who mandalorians are and then the frog lady comes out and then we get a new statement of it oh the frog lady's husband knows who mandalorians are okay <laughs> then we get to this episode where frog lady frog husband and he goes oh well i know someone who knows where mandalorians are and he um and then dinjarin is asking uh that mon calamari innkeeper or whatever or tavern keeper and he says hey where can i find mandalorians and that guy goes oh i know someone who knows where mandalorians are it's all one big conspiracy <laughs> and then uh brings in the Quarian guy uh, and the core guy goes, oh, I know where Mandalorians are. <laughs> no wonder it goes so bad. <laughs> it's all like fifth hand knowledge. <laughs> that scene where they go, go out on the fishing vessel. First off, I was, I liked that scene because we don't get a lot. We don't get enough of like ships in the Star Wars universe. Like ship ships. Yeah. Like ship ships. Like, like, like water ships. Definitely. Well, that's because... what I think every spacecraft can kind of dual functionality as a <laughs> ship, probably. Um, Maybe to a certain but, extent. But uh, I, I mean, I liked, I liked this because it was like, you know, it's it's something different. Like this is something more towards our world, kind of like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I thought the f- the ship was like really cool. The way like, let's just imagine, put it in perspective for us that like there were sharks in it, mm-hmm. um, even though it's clearly not a shark. Um, right. It's a mama core or whatever the heck they call it, uh, which I don't know how I feel about that name. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's pretend they were sharks. That's such mm-hmm. like a cool ship design that you have like this enclosed container that still allows water. To, it, it's almost like a cage, but it's just in the middle of your ship, mm-hmm. rather than like over the side or something. Um, I thought that was like really cool ship design. Because you still get that constant water. You don't have to carry the water with you. Um, I don't know. I thought it was cool. <laughs> uh, I, I thought something that was funny was uh, they're, they're all brothers. So <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> well, looking at the subtitles, it was like every yeah. time someone would say something, it'd be Corin's brother number one, Corin's yeah, yeah, brother yeah. number two. I think, <laughs> I mean, maybe they are all from one family. I only think the one that was like, you killed my brother, I think that one might have actually been his brother, if any of them were. But I think it was very much in the sense of, and this is something from uh, the Clone Wars, from, uh, well, from the Legends lore, and it it was mostly with the Dathomiri people of Night Sisters and Night Brothers. So it's more like just a clan of brothers? That's just how they, like, talk to each other that that's what they are okay um that like because we're the same race we have some connections um which is kind of similar to the mandalorian it's just not based on race but uh okay uh that oh yeah mandalorians should work together just because they're mandalorians but uh so so it's kind of like that i think um maybe they are all one big fishing family all right quick pop trivia time what are the names of the three Mandalorians that Din met? 
Uh, I looked him up. So so it's obviously Bo Katan oh, Kreese. Okay. Uh, of course, you looked it up. <laughs> well, because I, I have some things to talk about. Um, okay. The dude is X. I misread it the first time, and I thought it said wolves, but I think it's woves. It's woves. Um, and then Sasha Banks's character is I've lost it. Costco Reeves. Costco Reeves, yeah, yeah. Which all great names. Yeah, pretty good. Um, but going back to the mama core creature, uh, I just want to say one comment: the the creature at the very end. So according to Wikipedia, we're introduced to three creatures in, in this episode. episode. I'm convinced it's only two. I think they've got it wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, what are the three that it says? Uh, let me Trask. Okay, we're on the planet Trask, or the moon Trask, uh, okay. of the gas giant Coliban. Um, So it says cephalopod fish, but I'm not really going to talk about the fish. Um, cephalopod, mama core, and a tentacle creature. Which, isn't a tentacle creature a cephalopod? Um <laughs> Uh, no, okay. not automatically. Um, so the cephalopod is the thing that jumps on the child's face. Yes. Alien style, which was awesome. Um, I'm not quite sure how the Mandalorian got it off by just bringing his knife next to it. Maybe he cut a tentacle something, and I didn't see. Something or, with the creature. I think I think that's just like something the with the... Or... Yeah, with the race itself, you just touch a certain spot or something and it yeah. pops off. Um, but cool. Sure. Basically an octopus. Um, yep. is it weird that we have Quarren and Mon Calamari, which are supposed to be like human octopi and human squids mm -hmm. eating octopi and squids? <laughs> wow, man. They're just, uh, that's just what they hierarchy do. Hierarchy of species. If you're sentient, right. you can touch anything else. Um, but yeah, so the cephalopod, which is that little baby octopus, the mamacore, which is that big creature that gives us a lot of tension in the episode mm -hmm. um and then tentacle creature which is the thing at the very end i think the tentacle creature is a baby mama core interesting because the way it focuses on the mouth so much i don't know i I'd have to look back at the... Now, this isn't going to immediately tell, like, I could no. convince myself. But I, I'd have to look back at the mouth itself of the Mama Core, because when, when it showed up... These are then... the debates that need to be had on Star Wars reviewing shows. Yeah, I mean... What creatures are related to each other? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're, they're maybe the same thing. Uh, because, like, it adds to it, right? It, give, it gives the episode a little bit of... Uh, uh, symmetry. That like, okay, the child gets eaten by the mama core, but then the baby mama core gets eaten by the child. Huh? Huh? No? Right. Okay, I'm on my own. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd love talk. to see a phylogenetic tree of like Star Wars creatures. Um, <laughs> uh, I think what you're referring to is how well it's done in Avatar. And I got, I'm going to tell you, I don't think it's going to be done as well. Sure. But uh, <laughs> I mean, like we have phylogenetic trees of... Like every creature here on Earth, right? But uh, it, it was it goes... actually done on Earth, right? Like, right, right. Like animals are definitely created. related to each other on Earth. Whereas, Listen, man, I can dream. And, and just and, and like uh, Avatar spent a lot of time to develop a, something similar, uh, right. On Pandora, I don't think a lot Star of time Wars to like actually act... make sure it made sense. Yeah, I don't think Star Wars has actually taken the time. They're just like, this is cool. Let's do it. 
And Star Wars is is basically like having three roulette wheels with different like <laughs> body parts and things. Like here's okay, here's our yeah. creature. I mean, like I said, there's just like all different. Like the Mamacore is just a variant octopus kind of thing. Like they're all right. <laughs> octopi and squid are very similar in some ways, and like so it's just every species on Trask is just very, very similar. Uh, Turns but, out Trask is just Earth, like after like nuclear radiation meltdown. Yeah, uh, but people don't want to hear us talking about octopi all episode, even though I would love to talk about octopi all episode. <laughs> um, well, you weird. We mentioned earlier that you yeah. wanted to bring up something about the Mandalorians. Do you want to? Uh, I'm more curious about what you want to say about the Mandalorians. <laughs> you were saying this. Uh, what, what were the words you used? Uh, I think I said something about how it changed how I, like, perceived Din. Okay, so how did you perceive it before, and what do you perceive now? So before, I thought of him as, like, one of the last of the Mandalorians that he was sent on this... He's... He's, like, following... Um, like, like this is what a Mandalorian should be. And yeah. he's, like, one of the last of his people, and he's trying to find more others of his kind. And so all throughout the first season, I felt that way. And even up through, I guess, episode two felt that way. And then in this one, we find out that he's uh, a child of, a, of like a pretty much a radical cult. <laughs> uh, and the ways that were brought up, like this cult wanted to return to the ways of old, which is kind of what we gathered from Mando already. Um, but to realize that this was not like what Mandalorians are, well, so like it's... made me rethink how i feel about him like yeah yeah, yeah definitely um it, it's a really well done episode in that respect like um so and this is another thing that i think the wikipedia has wrong so two things that i'm going on <laughs> <laughs> uh but i've also seen other people talking about it this way so maybe it is something separate i don't personally think so um so we're told that dinjarin is part of the children of the watch um, and of course, this name is very similar yes. to Death Watch, which is introduced in to Clone Wars, and they are this radical. It, you could give the exact same description that uh, I lost the web page. Where to go? Um, here we are. Children of the Watch. All right, I'm going to give the description. The Children of the Watch are simply the Watch was as recounted by Bo-Katan Kryze, a Mandalorian cult of religious zealots that followed the way of the Mandalore, which had fallen out of the mainstream Mandalorian society. The Fighting Corps, which is a group name dropped by Din Djarin, uh, were members of the Children of the Watch, but also bore the symbol of Death Watch. Well, let, let me clear this up for people. And maybe I'm wrong. I'll, I'll be the first to admit. Maybe I'm wrong. They bear the symbol of Death Watch you're because Death they are Death Watch. Right. They they're just. It's been thirty years. If they want to rebrand, let them rebrand. <laughs> I mean, you might have new leaders now. Um, might want to try and change. But like this, to me, this is effectively Death Watch, and yeah, I kind of got that feeling. Like it says. So the Fighting Corps is the way Din Djarin describes the people who picked him up uh, during the Clone Wars that mm -hmm. made him a foundling. Those people are Death Watch. The fighting court that's just straight up death watch like <laughs> yeah um to think that there's like two organizations walking around wearing the same symbol doing the same things but they're two organizations in 30 right. years time difference no they're just rebranding as the children of the watch come on 
they're what's left of Death Watch. They're the children, you know? Come on. Come on, people. Yeah, I mean, that that's actually a good right, explanation right, right there. <laughs> Death Watch was the first ones that, when when that time was over, maybe they started to die out. The, the last few of them would ever tried yeah. to rebuild. And, when, and they renamed themselves they, Children yeah. of the Watch because they're all that's left. Um, that Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if I buy that they're two separate organizations. It's just one is what's remaining of the other. Uh, no, also, I, I like that. What's also interesting in my research of things about that, um, because I love doing Star Wars research every week. Uh, so Bo-Katan, you're about to find this out when you're watching The Clone Wars, but right. uh, Bo-Katan was part of Death Watch. Hmm. Um, yeah, not a good person at the beginning. <laughs> so that that's why in this episode, and I thought the writing was masterful and the acting was flawless, for for the especially for these moments if you want to point out other moments sure but uh when he's talking to her and he's he the first encounter he's like you're not real mandalorians this that and the other thing um and she's like oh you're a radical and all this then the other thing um but then the next time uh or not even not even the next time but when she's changing the terms of the deal or whatever and she says this is the way and she says to him this is the way and right. it has so much meaning because for her, is, it she was a part to of be the way. Right. Yeah. Like, she's she's using the language that she used to know that she used yeah. to follow that he does follow. And, and like she used to be right where he is. Hmm. Um, and so like I was like, wow, that is powerful stuff. <laughs> and then she even says it a second time after the mission is over, um, as more of like a thank you kind of thing and. I, and I think it's also to say that, like, yes, we're different, but we're still Mandalorians. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's really interesting because so apparently when she's part of Death Watch, she is part of the Night Owls. And here's the description okay. Wikipedia gives for Night Owls. I'm there. It's a bit longer, but I'm only going to read like the first sentence. Um the Night Owls were an elite Mandalorian unit made of female warriors led by Bo-Katankrees. Okay, cool. I'm in. <laughs> but then it goes on to say three members of the Night Owls, Bo-Katan, Axe Woves, and Koska Reeves. Does, so they're no longer a group of female warriors, right? I'm okay with that, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, they need to slightly define it, but... Right. Um, Unless Axe is not telling us something. <laughs> yeah, I his pride. Which is possible. Yeah. <laughs> Although he is wearing significantly different armor. <laughs> True. Um Yeah. Uh but that was just something I read that I thought was funny. That I was like, you go on to say that it's female warriors and then you say that a member isn't female. Because right. for me it was kind of like going off the Death Watch Children of the Watch thing. I was like, are they still the Night Owls? Man. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're still following Bo-Katan, whereas Death Watch has had many leaders over the years. Um, which you'll get to enjoy in the Clone Wars. But, Yay. Uh, so, like, I guess that can make more sense for the Night Owls still being around. Uh, but yeah, it's like such cool stuff because somewhere along the lines, Bo-Katan, like, really screwed up. Because she had the Darksaber... She was supposed to be rebuilding Mandalore. And then I guess the purge comes. She loses the Darksaber. She loses Mandalore. She lo- <laughs> um, now she's pissed and she wants it all back. 
do you think we're going to get like a, not necessarily temperament, but like an ideology change from, from, from Din in the season? Not this season. No. Uh, I think if it'll come, it'll come next season. Uh, okay. Which goes into a lot of things. I think um, it goes into something I almost have a problem with. So like, Mandalorians, the way they recognize, the, the way the warriors recognize each other. But what's something interesting is like, the children of the Watch uh, don't remove their helmets, right? Mm. The Death Watch did remove their helmets. This may be uh, something. <laughs> Maybe something that came in that thirty-year transition. I think so too. I think it came from the Purge that they were so afraid of uh, just enemies. Mm-hmm. That they were like, all right, only people that don't remove their helmets, they're the real deal. Uh, don't trust anyone else kind of thing. Right. Um, but it's kind of interesting because so Mandalorians, they did used to be very much like, uh, I guess at most probably Children of the Watch, not so much, much like Death Watch because Children of the Watch don't have the place to be as radical as Death Watch was. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, Death Watch were pretty much just straight up terrorists, um, but but it was during this the the reason why they were that way, right or wrong, um, is because the latest ruler Satine, she was kind of the first leader, maybe the second. I don't I don't know the exact timeline to take Mandalore away from this warrior warrior race kind of stance um into this pacifist society and death watch not a fan uh (laughs) but like i do wonder because and we even see it on mandalore in the clone wars that mandalore supposed that the mandalorian way yes it surrounds the mandalore planet but the mandalorian way is supposed to be a creed it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be honor now, how they use that honor sometimes gets twisted along the way, but it's not supposed to uh, fall to any one race. It's supposed to be just a creed. But when they make it a, the pacifist society under Satine, pretty much everyone there is the same race because that's the way it will it will become, right? It, it will become okay. more based on race if the more pacifist they are. Uh. Because otherwise you have no, without the, the code or whatever, you, you lose all that sense of relation going beyond race. Because you don't share anything with anyone if, if you're not doing anything. That makes sense. Um, and, and so it's kind of this interesting dichotomy that I don't know exactly what Bo-Katan is going to enforce. Uh, because she kind of is the middle ground as I see it because... Uh, <clears throat> She used to be Death Watch. She realized, oh, they were doing some things that were maybe too far. Uh, <laughs> but she also hated Satine's rule. So uh, I'm hoping that she's the middle ground there. So we're probably going to see her at least it's try to rebuild Mandalore. Do you, how much of that do you think we're actually going to see? Uh, <laughs> I, think we'll, I, I think we'll yeah. go to Mandalore. Okay. Um, I don't know what rebuilding will take place, but I do think at a certain point throughout this show, unless it gets inexplicably canceled, uh, I, I think we will see the surface of Mandalore in this show. 
Okay. Um, and whatever that means, because she even says like, "Oh, people have exaggerated how destroyed Mandalore is." So there might uh, still so be maybe there is something left. I don't know. Um, oh, this actually reminds me of something. Uh, I was looking at <laughs> armor at Mandalorian armor. I'm sure a lot of people have done their research <laughs> before season two. Because why am I doing it now? Right. Um, but some that I was reading with like the night owls and whatnot. So the night owls were kind of the first ones to start wearing different helmets. Their eye slits are different, as you saw in the episode. Mm -hmm. um, they're more at an angle. Um, as opposed to the traditional just T-window kind of thing uh, that the Mandalorian sports, that Boba Fett has, Jango Fett has, that uh, most of Death Watch has. Um, the traditional T thing. And I think that's going to become important. I think that's going to be a visual cue. Okay. Um, now I, but at the same time, while I'm saying this, I think there's already an exception for it. So Sabine Wren in Rebels also has the more defined eye slits, similar to uh, Bo-Katan's helmet. Uh, so I think what's going to happen is the more defined eye slits are going to be a sign of like the new new Mandalorians. <laughs> Um, that are maybe this more finding the middle ground group that are going to be the people that we cheer for. Um, as opposed to the T uh, slit, uh, I, I think those will be, on average, more of the uh, the old, old way of just a warrior race kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, which maybe sometimes gets too radical. Uh, Paz Vizsla, Pre Vizsla, both of them have the T-slit. Um, uh, Gar Saxon had the T-slit until he changes it again. Um, now, some that I think I, I already have like a few exceptions to what I'm saying, so maybe it's not exactly true, um, is Axe Wolves. His helmet has the T-slit. And so maybe it's a male-female thing. Um, it, it could be that also. I didn't think about that earlier um but i, I guess, mean if you want an easy way to distinguish <laughs> i guess all distance. the females do have the other eye holes and all yeah may, maybe it's that maybe, maybe i'm way off um but where i was going with this originally <laughs> is that axe woves maybe axe woves used to be a radical also i mean we're going to see din Djarin probably as you said change his uh his moral line Mm -hmm. um but he'll still have his helmet so he'll he'll be that whereas on the other side we met the armorer who has very well defined eye slits and she's the children of the watch but i was like well what if she didn't used to be because she clearly remembers a time before the purge before it all are you calling her old uh i am calling her old at least as old as dinjarin <laughs> Uh, but maybe older, maybe as old as Bo-Katan. Maybe she used to be part of Night Owls. I don't know. Right? Like, it would make sense. They were both part of Death Watch, probably. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I, I think Bo-Katan and the Armorer know each other. I think they were both part of Night Ooh. Owls. And Ooh. then when it came to, uh, spoiler alert, Darth Maul. But... <laughs> 
Uh, you mean he died in episode one? Uh, so much, so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, when it came to Darth Maul, I have a feeling the armorer chose wrong, chose Darth Maul over Bo-Katan. Okay. Um, which happened. Um, but yeah, that, that's my little rant of confusion and maybe some connections. Um, maybe the armor is just dead. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so, but... I don't know. All right, let's get back to the episode a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh, but what, one more thing. I mean... It, do you, you sent me something a while back that like oh there were problems on set with like Pedro Pascal the actor of Dinjar and the Mandalorian he was complaining that he doesn't want to wear the helmet do you remember those articles um I think I do I think um, that, if so that was a long time ago I, I it's kind of great with the way the character is written because even if there is, now I don't think any of that's true because I think he's getting paid a buttload of money. Mm -hmm. uh, but actors want their face seen, right? That that that's their money maker, right? Uh, but I don't think there was actually any truth to that whatsoever. Uh, however, <laughs> even if there was, even if there was, I think the story is being told in such a way he'll get that day. Because if he joins Bo Katan, all of a sudden the helmet doesn't matter. It's true, but uh, but maybe for him it will always matter. I mean that could be true also. I feel like it's going to be a very important scene when we do finally see him take off the helmet, in and like actually people. see him in take front off of the people. helmet. Yeah, in front of people because I know he's taken it off once before that we've seen at least. Um, but it's going to be a big thing when he takes it off in front of people. It's it's also masterfully acted behind the helmet, um, and the direction of the shots between in episode one of the season and episode three, we get mm -hmm. Cobb Vanth taking off the helmet and then we get Bo-Katan and her posse taking off the helmet. Both shots are like from over the shoulder as we see their neckline emerge. Um, and the Mandalorian is caught so off guard off from it. <laughs> um, and like bo both of them are done so well. Cause like for him, that's the sign. Right. Right. Um, I think it's a, a sign of a good actor if you can act without any facial features yeah. whatsoever. It's like you you're it's so much with your body, right? Like it really is. You 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 readjust your head or something or And to be able to explain like how you feel or to show like certain emotions by just movement of the head or movement of the body, that's yeah. very impressive. Um But jumping into, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about everything kind of all over the place. Uh, <laughs> are the first three episodes kind of the same arc? Like different things happen, but. <laughs> uh, well, what would you what would you define this arc as? Uh, trying to find. Tr it's a little tough because it may, maybe it's so broad that you could just fill it with anything. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to find mandalorians but really just his objective because once he does find mandalorians the objective is to find jedi mm -hmm. um and then so trying to find his objective while uh 
but then the person he does find isn't quite what he expects and then it ends up that person needs him to do something in order to, for him to get what he wants it's very like quest based <laughs> Uh, th there's, there's never anyone just with the information. Um, now I think the, the slightly different skins on the mission feel different enough that it's not so obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think this episode did a masterful job of, oh, look, you found who you're looking for. Psych, not at all. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, you definitely found who you're looking for, but it's not quite what you thought it would be. And then right at the end, we're teased um, for... And then we're teased with For likely what's next episode. I don't think it's next episode. I, I initially okay. did. Um, I don't think it's going to be next episode. Because, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> uh, I think the next episode's going to be... Uh, we haven't seen Grief Karga or Cara Dune yet. I think uh, next true. episode is that. Okay. Um, and maybe that is on Corvus? Maybe it's all in the same place. I don't think so. <laughs> that would feel a little a little muddled for a very simple story. I uh, I wonder if there's any because like name there's there's a lot to say about what names are used for planets or for people or whatever. Yeah, and Corvus means raven. Ooh, well, so that's interesting. Uh, it's not exactly a raven though. Uh, Ahsoka is often associated with I forget what it's called it's in a storyline that you're coming up to in okay. the Clone Wars um, uh, the Mortis plot uh, I don't remember what it's called but it, but it is a bird hmm. um, it's definitely not a raven I think it's an owl actually um, so I don't know if Similar but different kind of thing. You heard it here first, folks. Ahsoka Tano is part of the Court of Owls. <laughs> of course. Canon. Absolutely. Um, Cross-canonization. But how about the action of this episode? Felt like a movie, right? It did. Um, I was a big fan. So this is something else that I liked. And it, it, I think it goes back to acting without showing you face, facial features. Mm -hmm. The whole um, attacking, uh, assaulting the Imperial ship, which as another thing, like the the Empire is really trying to stay afloat. <laughs> like uh, how how many years Empire. after the how, how many years after the the fall is this? So this five? is five Nine? years after the second Death Star is destroyed. However, okay. the war doesn't quote unquote officially end until a year later after the Battle of Jakku. Yep, Jakku, you heard it. <laughs> um so it's four years after the war has ended okay okay so yeah there's they're still trying to stay afloat uh right. first off but in the assault on the the ship uh the other mandalorians Bukatan, katan reeves and axwos are acting in unison they're fighting whatever and mando just seems out of place he seems yeah, not used to fighting when a group right and it, it was just a, a fantastic scene trying to see like him work together with these other people. And then I really liked when he came up with the uh, uh, grenades or whatever they are to yeah. assault the elevator, whatever. But uh, I don't know. I, I really liked the scene of him like realizing that, you know, fighting in a group, it 
makes things easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, he can't be on his own forever. Yeah. Uh, did you feel like, though, because I felt this way, at okay. what point does actual armor just become plot armor? <laughs> He's getting shot by so many blaster bullets, <laughs> they're just pinging off the armor. Like, is he indestructible now? <laughs> I mean... Uh, I feel like, like what yes, is the point of armor if you it's, can't? It's supposed to be the strongest material in the galaxy, sure. But you're telling me not one of them hit his neck or his crotch where there's no armor? Like, unless the armor's under his clothes, but it's not so obvious. Uh, I feel like it might be. Like, there are some gaps be. in his armor, at least the way it looks. It could be underneath. Do, do, do you think similar to like uh, even his midsection it's a different armor piece than his chest piece do you think there's like chain shirt or chain mail whatever right. around, they around his body and all the other places? yeah Beskar right underwear <laughs> yeah exactly um i get what you're saying like um there, so many hit him if it was like two all right all right no complaints from me i that uh, I I will give enough. I love the show. I'm not gonna hold it against it. But there was like fifty. <laughs> I mean, and, I guess you could say that it's interesting that the uh, Imperial troopers are that accurate. <laughs> They're too accurate in this case. They can't hit well, the chinks of the armor. <laughs> I think I think this is I think so far in the two seasons that we've had or so far, they've been at least two references to how bad stormtroopers' aims are. Yes. At least. At least. Maybe a third. And here's when they're extremely accurate. Like Something else, I guess, if I'm going to try and explain why he didn't get shot anywhere, is as he's getting shot, he starts like hunkering down. Like, like Right. It's definitely like a, trying to defend like a bulletproof the vest kind of thing. Like He's definitely feeling it. Right. And he's definitely feeling something. He's, he's, he's feeling knockback. He's feeling... Um, he's getting hit. He's going to be bruised, that yeah. kind of thing. It's, he's not walking out of this uh, completely. Totally okay. Yeah. Yeah, but this is also something that I think I've seen in recent Star Wars things as well that I'm pretty sure in... Uh, this is kind of a spoiler, but it doesn't have that much consequence, so I guess it's really not. Um, in Season 7 of The Clone Wars, Ahsoka gets shot. Okay. And walks it off. She doesn't wear armor. She gets shot straight in the arm. I mean, <laughs> and you, can, you can chalk that up to adrenaline. You can chalk that up to the Jedi being trained to <laughs> deal with threats first, and then and then. Sure, but like look us up later. The the thing that happens after is pretty intense. So, uh, <laughs> um. And it's not even, like, talked about. There's nothing on her arm. There's no mark. It just, like, clearly the the the, uh, the photon blast, whatever it is, the laser, clearly disappears into her arm. <laughs> and there's a noise effect for it. And she reacts. So, like, she clearly was shot. But there's nothing on her arm. There's nothing, <laughs> like... Um, and it's like... Are these bullets, are these, uh, 
lasers not that effective but then how come they they go through the the thin plastic armor of stormtroopers and one shot kills them <laughs> Uh, like I was talking to someone the other day and they're like what's the point of stormtrooper armor right and I was like yeah I guess you're kind of right because like it doesn't stop <laughs> it's made out of uh, Star Wars plastic like... I'm pretty sure that question's been proposed before and I think I remember there being some answer like <sighs> I think the answer was like there's a difference between Okay, so I'm I think pretty it's sure, like, probably helpful in more hand-to-hand combat. Hand-to-hand combat, and I think, um, and I, I don't think we see a lot of it just because we're yeah. following. Like, we don't see boring parts of the universe. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is um, kind of the first time, right? Like with the Mandalorian, this is quote unquote some of the boring. Right. Right. Uh, um, if we stuck but, around anywhere long enough, we'd really get to sit in the boringness. But not everyone. Ha- I think. I think the explanation was not everyone has blasters. Yeah. Some people have, like, I think, normal guns. Right. And that's supposed to stop those. And blasters are the ones that can go right through it. So blasters don't provide... Oh, okay. That, that armor doesn't provide much protection from blasters. But to, to normal guns, it can block them, or at least... Maybe. I'm I don't remember. I, I, I'm into that answer more, so... It's It's been a while since I've read that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that answer was... Or that question was proposed and then was answered at some point. Um. Yeah, at least by the, by the community trying to explain away I mean, things. I that, mean, that's all it would take. I, I'd be cool with that. Um, Again, because we follow like the resistance. Right. Uh, we follow people important who, people. who important people who need these guns that can break through this armor. Yeah. But if you're following just normal people who don't have blasters, yeah. that one farmer in episode four of season one. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, fighting with spears. Yeah, and and if you're talking about melee weapons, I'm sure that armor does fairly well against those. Okay, do you think that... No. Oh, okay. Um, do you think that the three members of the Night Owls, the, the other three Mandalorians, is their armor Beskar? I don't know. Um, if <laughs> I, it is, it's definitely been I couldn't find anything painted. online, so this is just pure discussion. Um, I, I would lean more towards yes, based on Bo-Katan saying this armor has been in my family for three generations. Right. I would think it would be Beskar. Because uh, that sounds like worth keeping. <laughs> uh, I mean, at that point, even if it's tradition, it's worth keeping. However, at least Axe Wove's armor looks very similar to the Mandalorian's first armor. And, Maybe pieces of it are. Uh, like the chest piece is almost identical to his old armor. And I don't think the old armor was Beskar. Because the way it, like, folded and whatnot. Yeah. But... <laughs> I don't know. I need this clarification. Because <laughs> um, apparently Jango Fett and Boba Fett's armor is known that it's not Beskar. It's Durasteel. Oh. Um, and so I was like, their armor... Bo-Katan and, and co, their armor looks more closer to Boba Fett's armor and Jango Fett's armor than it does to Din Djarin's Beskar. So I was like, does everyone we know wear Darasteel? Who's wearing Beskar? Right, because, I mean, from what we've seen, he, like, Din is, like, the shiny new boy. He's got and, this I mean, fancy I wonder armor. if when painted it could look similar. Um, it's possible. 
But like Boba Fett's helmet has a clear dent in it. Jenga Fett's chest piece has a dent in it. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, Durasteel is a weaker material than Beskar. It gets dented. Sure. Uh, I'm sure if you hit Din hard enough, it'll, it'll dent. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but like Bo-Katan and Co., like Axe Wolves chest piece has a ton of scratches on it maybe it's the right. maybe it's the paint that's scratched but if it's the metal that's scratched <laughs> kind of having a problem with it from a material science standpoint <laughs> i've taken these classes <laughs> something harder than yeah like which i mean i guess if he fought like some animal like those teeth might be the bite strength might be stronger than the material that could be but true uh yeah i don't know, I don't know. i'm curious about it uh watching the jetpacks fly onto the imperial cruiser i was like man this feels like a fan film and, and i don't mean that in a negative way i mean that in a very positive way especially because i actually have a, a pretty high regard for some of the latest fan films um there's a really good, good very good really good obi-wan out there i think the same guy has a han solo one out there that's pretty solid um, the Vader one, part one, uh, is great. Um, what's the, there's one more I'm thinking of, but, uh, oh, well, um, but I don't mean to say fan film in a very like fan film. Oh, it's so much lesser than, but to me, it was like, it was a fan's dream. This episode, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't think anyone ever thought we'd get to see something like this watching these Mandalorians fly around and do this sort of thing. Like, we watched it in the cartoon, sure, but to see it live action is awesome. Um, it was so fantastical. That That's what I really mean by fan film, is fantastical. <laughs> like, I mean, up until now, we'd only seen, like, jetpacks used, like, for a couple seconds at a time, and it's five feet off the ground. It's so few and far between that the Rise of Skywalker made a mistake and said, oh, they fly now when they've been able to fly for years. <laughs> right that that's how few and far between it is in the movies um but yeah this was such a cool episode uh now who do you is this your favorite episode so far i it's not mine it's not mine but it's Um, a great episode is it i don't know I'm, i'm trying to think i'm trying to think what my favorite would be uh, and I'm I'm like the second one, the second episode didn't do much for me. I don't okay. know if I enjoyed that one as well. I might have to say the first, just as the reintroduction. The first episode of season two. Oh, season two. The first oh, episode okay. of season two. Uh, I, I I'm definitely with that. I think that's a really solid episode. Um, I think my favorite's either just the first episode season one, or maybe mm-hmm. the season finale of season one. Um, okay. Oh, I thought you were talking specifically about season oh, about, two. about season two. Uh, yeah, it's probably episode one. I love the Tuscan grunting. It's so yeah. good. I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but a lot of people are saying best episode ever, best episode ever, which I I think is really interesting. I think it's worth discussing. Uh, just real quickly. Uh, who do you credit a good episode to? Who do you credit to? Is it is it the actors? Is it the director? Um, I I think I take it a step further. I think it's the showrunner. Because to me, okay. it, it's the great story. 
um, that's pushing this along. Now, now what I think is really interesting though is uh, Bryce Dallas Howard directed this episode. She notoriously, I use that word sarcastically, notoriously directed episode four of season one, which a lot of people were like, huge filler episode, huge filler episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst episode in season one. Uh, which I actually think episode six is more of a filler episode than episode four, if you're going to make that argument. The fact that episode six picks up into season two, uh, into episode two, uh, it, it has a lot of tie-ins to that. Definitely not a filler episode. Episode four, huge character piece. Definitely not a filler episode in my mind. Um, no such thing as a filler episode. It's about the journey, man. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so a lot of people were like, oh, Bryce Dallas Howard doesn't know what she's doing directing uh, episode four of season one. But then she directs this episode. And all but of a sudden... Which people saying, is, oh, it's the best, oh, she's such a great director. Right, and, it, and it's like, you gotta realize that it's a TV show. It's not a movie. People need mm-hmm. to start realizing this, that there are multiple directors, that the directors don't necessarily have a ton of say on where the story goes. Now, right. sure, maybe they're sitting in a room. Who wants the episode with the Mandalorian, with Bo-Katan showing up? Who wants the episode with the, the blue shrimp farmers? <laughs> uh, sure, may, maybe they do it like that. Or maybe they tell the director, hey, this is your episode. Make it work. Um, right. But, like, there's showrunners behind it. There's writers behind it. She's just giving acting direction. I was going to give a lot of credit because going back to that question of who do you give credit to, I was going to say probably the writers. I I think so too. I think most of it probably goes to the writers. Um, And and then the part that I do, which it's all kind of in the same vein because Jon Favreau writes and is the showrunner. And then him and Dave Filoni are both the creators. And so there's a bunch of titles. Uh, yeah, I think the writing's fantastic. And then, but, but where I really do give Bryce Dallas Howard a ton of credit is the direction in this episode. The acting is so good that, uh, especially of the Mandalorian, cause, cause yeah. like you said, super hard to convey emotion or whatever, or what Very he's true. thinking. But in this episode, it's so obvious what he's thinking. Very true. Um, uh, I will give her credit for that. And, and so like hugely well done job um but 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 really it's like to give any one person credits probably even wrong it's just everyone working together (laughs) right it's Um, a whole mess that that makes a great piece like it's very rare that like going to the suicide squad i don't like jared leto's joker performance is that why the movie is bad no the movie is bad in my mind for so many other reasons (laughs) it's not his acting his act, it, you remove that, it's a great mood. No chance. <laughs> um, to to put the, the glory or the blame on any one person in a TV show uh, where there's constantly the shuffling of background people uh, seems a little ridiculous. All right, yeah. this has kind of been a long episode. How do you feel about the Razor Crest's, Crest's fishnets? <laughs> you know yeah, I think it's a cool addition uh, I think it'll probably stick around for an episode or two it, it had spider webs it's got fish nets. Uh, 
Um, it's just dressing up for Halloween, man. The, he's the just way decorating. the Mon Calamari guy said it, though, he's like, can you fix it? And he goes, no, but I can make it fly. And, and then <laughs> as Dinjarin's walking away, I'll put fuel in it. I was like, right. is that all you're going to do? <laughs> right. Uh, I was like, yep, fuel will make it fly. Sure. How about landing? <laughs> can, you, can you make it land well? Um, Flying's not the hard part. Part You put a rocket on anything in the right direction, and it'll get right. in the <laughs> Point it's, it's the Right, exactly. It's the landing that's the hard part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like the quote, going fast won't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> right, stopping. <laughs> right. Uh, that's so funny at the beginning of the episode. He's bat- like, it's this difficult maneuver to try and land, and he almost gets it. <laughs> and into the water. Um, yeah, that yeah. is great. Um, gosh, but I think we've a uh, great action played. movie. Um, Ahsoka on Corvus. When's that gonna happen? Next episode? I don't think so. Um, even though I don't know, the name dropping has like two effects on it. It's either like, "Hey, this is coming up next," or it's, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're not forgetting about this." It's coming up soon. Just keep an eye out. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It could be either way, but I do think next episode will be the Grief Karga, Cara Dune, and everybody's favorite Blue Mithril's coming back. Oh, yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> Unless they accidentally put him into the trailer, which would be weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, I can't wait to see Bo-Katan again in whatever way, shape, or form. Uh, but- I feel like season finale where we're gonna do what season one did and we're gonna I, get everyone back i mean she she gave him the invitation right she was yeah. like hey you need to you need to join us when you're ready like um see i don't know if this season finale though will have the the big team up as season one did because season one kind of made sense since there was a base camp of operations to defend do you think season two then will have him coming back to Bo-Katan? I don't this know. Season, like, like, so I don't know if I, I okay, see them having, interacting again this season. Okay, that's fair. I think Do next you season think... it'll be a, an important part of next season. but And I don't think this will happen, but do you think he's going to give up the child? <laughs> This season, because he's going to—he's obviously meeting up with Ahsoka at some point. I don't think she's she ever going to give it up. Exactly. Uh, so, I think uh, after you watch the Clone Wars, you'll learn what kind of headspace Ahsoka's in, and then in Rebels, it kind of changes again. So, I don't think he's going to give up the child, uh, which I keep seeing articles referring to as Baby Yoda, and I don't like that. It's—it's um, it's racist, isn't it? Isn't that a racist thing to do? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, they all look the same. <laughs> yeah, that might be. Um, um, but I don't think he's going to give up the child, which means that his mission is going to be, that mission is going to be a failure, or he'll decide at the end, like, you know what, he's better off with me, or something. No, I think there will be a balance, because um, Force, Force, the Star Wars is always about balance. Um, the Force is always about Star Wars, man. Come I on. think... Ahsoka, deep down, she'll probably want to train the child. But at the same time, I mean, she'll have a lot of self-doubt, that's for sure. 
Um, but at the same time, she also will probably recognize that the child is now a Mandalorian. Um, and the, as a Mandalorian, maybe he should be with his people as well. That's going to be a small uh, armor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't wait for it. Um, he gets the armor and he's got a lightsaber. Um, there's not too many Mandalorian Jedi out there. So, uh, I think the only reason you tell this story the way you're telling it is if you're going to have a Mandalorian Jedi. Huh. Um, now maybe I'm too hopeful, uh, but maybe he will just be given up. Maybe it'll be that easy. (laughs) Here you go, Ahsoka. Peace. <laughs> I don't. I don't think with um, with the connection that he's already. Because I can even see that like Ahsoka's like, yeah, I'll train him. Yeah, I'll I'll take care of him. I still think Dinjarin would stick around. We might get an episode of that where she we she's trying or something, or she at least I don't know. But I, I think in the end he's gonna stick with the child. Yeah, because he knows the empire. Where do you think it for some reason? And... Where do you think he will be at the end? Not physically, but where do you think he'll be at the end of the season? What do you think will be happening? That's the thing. I don't know. Because it's like first season, it was obvious, right? There's going right. to be a huge com- complication. Because the whole first season was about, not the whole, but the midsection of the first season was about him hiding from the Empire. Uh, which is why that felt more like filler stuff, because mm-hmm. it's hiding. It's a passive thing. Um, as opposed to this season where he's searching, even though you have kind of the same missteps, it's a more active thing. So it doesn't feel as much as filler. Yeah. Uh, the, but yeah, like first season, it was so obvious that like the empire was going to do something to him. Basically there's going to be some sort of standoff between him and the empire season two. I don't know what there is unless another standoff with the empire he gets found out they find him i guess well uh, i think it's leading up to a confrontation between bo katan and moff gideon at some point yeah either that, that, that could be the confrontation but either that or din is gonna hand over the dark saber to her it would be some um, interesting writing though to get all three groups into the same place again true because like maybe uh, Maybe Moff Gideon finds Din Djarin and then Bo-Katan, who's following Moff Gideon, right? Like, maybe like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think... I don't know. It's it's a very know, be, it's re- actually... Rebels sort of way. In Rebels, they it might be did too hard the same to guess thing. Right now. Uh, in Rebels, they did the same thing, where, like, at the end of each season, there's this big team-up... Um, and it was like, all right, this is a little ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> gosh, the finale, the people they get to join them. Uh, Hondo Onaka. Um, but yeah, we, we've we been talking about this for a really long time, a lot longer than it planned, but a lot to talk about. I mean, super good. Hopefully people learned something. <laughs> uh, don't know what episode four is called, but this was The Heiress course meaning Bo-Katan as the heiress of Mandalore uh, it would be cool to see some sort of resolution to that 
Ian Rismondo, it's always wonderful talking about this stuff. You've exactly. given me things to think about, uh, about the creatures' relations to each other. <laughs> uh, I'm super curious about it. How much armor is too much plot armor? You decide. Uh, I'm Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. Uh, what are we watching on Wednesday? On Wednesday, during a normal show, we are watching The Moon, or just Moon. Moon. Moon, uh, with Sam Rockwell. Uh, we'll catch you next time.